0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Cricket Beyond Borders. I am your host, Arun Surana, and today we'll be previewing Ashes in this episode. I am delighted to welcome my colleagues at Gorilla Cricket, Tony Bishop, who is an avid follower of Middlesex, a senior cricket writer, and a commentator at Gorilla Cricket, and Messi Jez, who lives in Perth. He follows the fortunes of the Australian team, and he used to live in England back in the day. First of all, how are you?
1: I'm in fine order. I'm um, Well, I'm looking forward, first of all, tomorrow to the World Test Championship, um, then to the Ashes. Uh, it's a huge summer. Um, I'm thrilled and excited, but a little saddened by the fact it's compacted into such a short time frame. And I think there will be prices to pay for the bodies of some of the cricketers who are being asked to do that. But nonetheless, um, genuinely excited great to be here too
2: so <clears throat> i'm well i'm a bit damp and cold i had six inches of rain in the last two days uh after none for six months basically um but cricket is the great joy of the australian winter for me uh the test matches in england start around uh six o'clock in the evening and go through to 1 30 in the morning so that's you know, perfect evening entertainment right through June and July for me. So I'm I'm thoroughly excited. uh, And I I feel more doubtful about this series than I have
0: any for a long time, to be honest.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: Wonderful to have both of you here on this episode. And as you rightly mentioned, Tony, we have some high octane cricket on the cards. The buzz around the Ashes has been archetypal And uh, it is tailgating the World Test Championship. Uh, The Hyper Bowl has been a common theme. Shots are being fired from both ends as far as the build-up to the Ashes is concerned. Nathan Lyon has predicted a 5-0 rout despite the Aussies (laughs) having not won a series series in 22 years in England. And uh, on the other hand, Stuart Broad has undermined Australia's Ashes victory in 2021 which coincided with the pandemic, saying oh, yeah. it does not count in his mind because COVID-19 restrictions made it impossible to function normally during the series.
2: I don't think that's done a lot for Broad's um, credentials as a, a pundit. Certainly but you his popularity done... in Australia. <laughs> well, I, I think it's just it just uh, put up his stock as comedian uh, very very quickly. Well, so tell you one uh, thing he was isn't... having a laugh and everybody else thought i had laugh yeah. with him. I think so.
1: I think so. One thing that is interesting there is that you know, one of the things that I think is possibly true these days, particularly since, since you know, the, the, the sandpaper gate and all of those things and, you know, the, the, the Justin Langer moving on and all of those kind of things, this stuff, is there's a general feeling that cricketers now, because they play on the world stage in so many franchises with each other, that somehow, to a certain extent, the edge certainly the nastier edge is not quite what it was. And what is quite interesting is I think those two comments have been made by two players who tend to be outside of that, that sort of franchise bubble where they all, that they, they all play with each other. Uh,
2: yeah. I, I think there's it a bit baby coincidence, is...
1: but could well be true.
2: Well, yeah, I, I do think the, the change in personalities has, has helped. Um, but I also think there's just a better appreciation of how no matches are won in the newspapers, you know? Um, and it doesn't matter what, what you say, uh, it's your play. That's going going to, to make the difference. Yeah. And you know, especially the English tabloids, but the Australian tabloids aren't much better in terms of picking up something and making something out of nothing. And I think, the exposure to social media that a lot of cricketers have had and then pulled away from makes them realise how vitriolic and damaging all that stuff is. And they thought, well, why bother? Why bother?
1: Trash talk before major sporting events has always been a way to get column inches these days, click-throughs. Yeah. But the fact is some things some things in life never change. I am delighted to a certain extent that, that you know, a little bit of niggle and friendly rivalry, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you can yeah. shake hands at the end of it yeah. and feel you've, you know, I go back to the spirit of 2005, um, which at the end, you know, the image of Shane Warne shaking hands with Flintoff and that, that wonderful picture, you know, I don't care how hard mm. fought it is. I don't mind if there's a bit of edge, a bit of nickel, niggle, a bit of sledge. It's all par, part and parcel. Just don't, just don't take it off the field. Brett
2: Lee on his knees with, uh, I think it was Flintoff.
1: Oh, it was Brittany, was it? Yeah, I thought it was the same one. But yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah, and another bone of contention uh, ahead of the ashes has been Sussex inking a deal with Steve Smith. <laughs> the short stint. It has cleaved the English trading discourse into two spheres with the general consensus being that England are providing Smith valuable practice ahead of the ashes. Although a small minority, including the Sussex head coach Paul Fabris, do believe that uh, by signing stalwarts like Cheteshwar Pujara and Steve Smith, they're actually raising the profile of English cricket and allowing the county cricketers to rub the shoulders with the best in the business.
1: You had Smith, Pujara and Ollie Robinson all playing in Division 2 of the county championship. Brilliant, fantastic. That's exactly what you need. And in Pujara's, well, they were, you know, we talk about the ashes, but in Pujara's case, it's a hundred percent genuine. I think affection and joy of playing for for, for them, and and how well he does it. Um, personally, I don't mind it. I know what Farbury Farbry said, uh, and sure, you know, Smith needs to get himself in some nick, but but you know, the county championship benefits the quality of the cricket that's played in the county championship benefits Sussex benefits. He puts bums on seats. You know genuinely to me it's it's utterly reasonable. no worse than Ravi Ashwin playing one game for Surrey. <laughs> admittedly, he took, <laughs> admittedly he took six seventy two or something, but you know yeah. he did it he, he, uh, he did it purely short term deal. I think English counties should never turn down, even on a short term basis. The opportunity to get the genuine top players of the game and if, if why shouldn't they do it ahead of a series? Everyone wins in my in my book.
2: There's a couple of dozen Australians playing county cricket at the moment. Mm. And I think it's good for their development as cricketers in the long term that makes for better test cricket. Uh and it's great for the counties. I mean you look at people like Chris Rogers and Justin Langer, who spent years and years grafting outruns uh, at Middlesex in cricket. Yeah. And uh you know, I, they became much loved members of the the counties they played for as well. Um, yeah, this is a short term deal, but it's true. One thing I, that Smith said that I do believe is that he just wanted to play cricket, and he didn't get a stint in the IPL. So he he would have gone and play club cricket or, or league cricket or, or anything to get a game, I suspect, because that's what he does. You know, that's who he is.
1: Didn't they have a Didn't they have a, like a seven hour training session of which he spent about yeah. six hours? Just refining his batting technique, <laughs> I mean,
2: and then he went, and then he went to the nets afterwards. Here, yeah. yeah.
1: So I think it, I think it'll work. You know, Labuschagne has been knocking out runs for Glamorgan again. Interesting enough in Division yeah. Two, Smith, uh, Nisa, uh, who I think probably will yeah. get a look in in the Ashes. Well, I'm sure we, we yes. may well, we may well come on to that. You know, um, Marcus Harris didn't get the call, I don't think, but he's been doing a decent job always has for Glamorgan, even though he was described as mediocre by Justin Langer, probably one of the reasons Justin Langer is not there anymore. Um, yeah. It, it's Like I said, everybody wins. I'm just a little sad that by and large, it doesn't work the other way with the Sheffield Shield. I know there's Sheffield timing Shield. and other things go on, but I think it is a pity from yeah. from an English perspective. We don't get more players going there to play in that.
0: Yeah, correct. England is one of the few countries uh, which allows makes a provision for overseas players to be playing in their domestic competition. So, I just want both of you to shed a light on the financial implications and the crowd turnout factor as well.
1: Uh, do you mean for county cricket or for the, for the test matches themselves?
0: I mean, what kind of an impact does a Mohamed Rizwan playing in the county championship or Pujara turning up for Sussex has on the crowd factor? Because what, from what I gleaned out of match reports and the Twitter discourse was that the crowd was decent. The turnout was quite remarkable when these guys were on the field.
1: Yeah, I think you've got to look at two things. Um, one is the attendance at the game. You've got to look at the streaming and you've got to look at the global attention that 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 it also brings. Um I also know, without giving, you know, as a regular attendee of Middlesex's um, board meetings, not board meetings, but when they open it up for members and some members' meetings, you know, if you take an Ashes year, generally, then the revenue, central revenue generated from the ECB to the counties kind of trebles in, a, in, in, in an Ashes year and an India year, and it is less everywhere else. So when you look at pure finances... That's he, those series are hugely important. Um, I think it is just one of we've we've had we've had many great uh, as you mentioned you mentioned Chris Rogers and you mentioned we had Adam Voges for years as well. Who yeah. God I wish we had him now. Admittedly a ten year younger <laughs> version, but but he was he was magnificent. We had Umesh Yadav last year playing for us from India, uh, absolutely terrific. Rahani had a great spell at Hampshire. I, I, I think you've mentioned Pujara. Amla, uh, uh sorry so cricket's a global game look at football take a look at football you know if i look at any single premier league team typically what you have have three english players at most you know sports becoming more global Cr- cricket very much the same if it's the best players putting bums on seats and you know, expanding the game so that people in Australia are interestedly watching Sussex playing Worcestershire <laughs> on a county stream. All the better. It cannot... It, it, I, I don't see how anyone in that deal loses. Messrs, what do you reckon?
2: I agree entirely. I, I think that Sheffield Shield is a little different in that... Uh, a there's only six sheffield shield teams so there's a, a limited availability and there's strong competition for them i i think without being too derogatory of county cricket probably the general standard of uh, sheffield shield cricket is quite a bit higher uh, than county cricket without the overseas players uh, but the other thing is the structure is such that they only play five games generally speaking five games very early in the season then there's a big break for the big bash. Uh, they fi- play five games at the end of the season. So there's not a lot of, uh, continuity in there for someone. And one of the, the things particularly say someone like Western Australia, it's been really successful. has been about team building and consistency within the, the team. Uh, and, uh, frankly, you'd be struggling to get into the West Australian team at the moment. Uh, they've won, mm. uh, the sheffield shield the big bash and the one day cup twice oh uh, sorry it, this year and the previous year both of them um and they've got bowlers who would probably get close to getting an english test spot who can't get into the west australian time side from time to time so you know it it's it's a different uh, a different model entirely um but that being said we certainly have had the privilege of some wonderful cricketers. I remember wa- watching Barry Richards play at the Wackoff of oh, South yeah. Australia. Tony Locke South Australia, uh, Western Australia at that time, actually. Um, so And both of them uh, in Queensland for quite a while. Uh, so there have been sort of marquee players come in from time to time. But I think, generally speaking, the, f- the feeling now is very strongly that uh, there is so much competition for places as it is. Uh, there's not really space to, to
0: put a lot of extra people in. Yes, absolutely some wonderful points there. Yeah, it's just good to hear about these experiences and I completely agree with the point that as long as the financial and the crowd turnout factor is bolstered, it is for the benefit of everyone. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Moving on to the personnel, uh the return of Johnny Basto uh-huh. has led to the exclusion of Ben Foulkes, who in Bairstow's absence did absolutely nothing wrong to lose his place. And he's a notable absentee in that unchanged uh, 16-man squad for the first two Ashes tests and the Ireland test. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, can he feel hard done by? Yes, absolutely.
2: Um, I'm a... Some people might regard me as a conservative because I love test cricket and there's some things I really value about it. The irony is that I also love uh, the IPL. I think the IPL is a fantastic competition, but when it comes to test cricket, I'm a strong believer that you need the best wicketkeeper you can get. Uh, And hopefully that wicketkeeper can bat a bit now in folks' case, not only, Is he a great wicketkeeper? He's a bloody good batsman. He's got an average of about 32, I think it is, which is more than a number of people who've been playing for England over the last few years in batting positions only. Uh, He has done everything that could be asked of him when he's played for England, and then he's been booted because is fit again. Now, I don't disagree that Bairstow should be able to come back into the team, but to do it, uh, without finding a way to put folks who's a more valuable player than Crawley, in my view, into wow. the team is just totally unfair. And I think it doesn't augur well. The other thing I'll say that doesn't augur well for England is if they're being serious about the possibility of Moen coming back in to play for Jack Leach. If that really is something they're contemplating, then that to me says to county cricketers everywhere. Uh, you've got to be part of the club to get to play because basically the chosen few are allowed to play for England uh, who've who've done the right thing and uh, are seen to be part of the club and aspiring upcomers don't necessarily get a chance if Moen comes back in. I don't think he will. I think it makes huge sense to bring someone like Will Jackson who can, can both spin and... Uh, and add a lot of strength to the batting order, but um, I'm I'm really angry about, folks. I really am. I, yeah, Sorry. I'm I'm sort of did, betwixt two. Did, the did I make myself clear? Yeah, I think you
1: <laughs> so. Basically, it's fine. you will you're, you're just glad Johnny's back, you know. folks. That's your, <laughs> I kind of agree because I'm I'm the same as Messi, and I'm I'm, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool lover of Test cricket. But I you know life is a series of trade-offs and professional sport is hard hard hard. I think they were always going to find a way to get Johnny Bairstow back particularly after last year he's very much the poster boy for the England brand of cricket you know the amazing year he had last year the, the almost beating the Gilbert Jessup record the innings at Trent bridge I mean he he, he has been that. That that, that that talisman for the way england liked to like like to play um, folks undoubtedly is technically by far the better wicketkeeper but i could see the trade off being made there um, and i think over an english summer well an english month month or two month and a half over an english month and a half um, it, 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 uh, when five matches are extremely compacted uh, Things might change, so if I was Ben folks I I, I I I would still be expecting at some point the phone might just ring. Um, I do agree about Zach Crawley, but England will say, what is it? They've won twelve out of thirteen tests. Um, we like the way he plays. We, we you know we won't don't want to upset too much rhythm about what you know if it ain't broke don't fix it, and they see bringing Bearstow back doesn't break, uh, isn't, isn't sort of a, a drastic change, it's merely retaining what they had had before to a certain extent. Um, wait and see what's happened after the first Ashes test or maybe the second and I think you might see a shift around in,
0: in, in that depending on, on, mm. on how things are going. Yep, yeah, and adding to the point Messi made about playing your best wicketkeeper at all times, that is the exact uh, precondition for which the odds are being stacked in the favor of KS Bharat over Ishan Kishan as India approached the WTC final. Because even though Ishan Kishan is a like for like replacement for Rishabh Pant and offers that left handed divergence from what is a battery of right handers in the Indian top order, uh, the odds are still being stacked in the favor of KS Bharat because he is a better wicket keeper, as we saw in the recently concluded Border Trophy.
1: Yeah, it's I a similar, you know. I, I see that similar debate Barrett's the man with the gloves isn't he and he, he played in all four of the um, uh, last series three raging turners uh, followed by the, the flattest yeah. track you'll ever come across when all he, India needed was a draw <laughs> but um, it, 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 yeah I, I, I got a feeling they'll stick with KS Barrett for the oval but
0: um I'm less yeah, an playing, your, playing your best wicketkeeper gains even more significance in England because of the wobble factor that happens mm. when the ball passes the stumps
1: yeah 100% you will get you'll get less so possibly at the uh the oval from a world test championship perspective but generally you're absolutely right early morning that ball's going to nip around quite quite a lot and you've got two attacks in both Australia and England, Who, are, regardless of which seamers ultimately come in for England. That's, I mean, They've had their challenges in that department. Um, I still expect England to tend to favour bowling first if they win tosses. Ben Stokes has I think done that in far more than any other captain. I think in England history, probably percentage-wise, he's chosen to bowl first. Um, I don't know. I think Pat Cummings might as well. Lords, for example, bit of, bit of cloud cover early morning. I'd be surprised. Both teams, I think, will want to get ahead of the game and look to put the other side under pressure. So you're right. The technical skills needed as a wicketkeeper for the moving ball are a factor. But Bearstow has ex- enough enough experience to do that. It moved around against Ireland at Lords under some cloud cover. And I don't recall him ever, even with potentially still a slightly dodgy limping leg, he he didn't actually misfield anything that I can particularly recall or or put anything down. I think he's good enough with additional X-factor. That's the ECB's point of view and that's why
0: they've stuck with him. Correct, correct. Makes sense. And this point of uh, less help from the surface is actually in keeping with my next question, Hmm. that Ben Stokes has ordered a fast and flat wickets that would allow the employment of his favourite style of all-out attack. So, uh, if you've been keeping... I on the recent reports, all the messages have been conveyed to the pitch curators that the pitches should be in keeping with the basketball style of play, the hyper-aggressive brand of cricket that has defined McCallum and Stokes here at the helm. So I just wanted to ask both of you that English cricket, as we know, it has generally revolved around green tinged surfaces Mm -hmm. that demand watertight batting techniques and batters across the board have struggled to score runs. So how do the pitches prescribed by Stokes, the anodyne surfaces, change and alter the dynamics of the series?
1: Ooh, that's an interesting one.
2: Why well, I, the, I'd say firstly first? I don't <laughs> I don't I don't believe it. Uh you know, it it's it's a, a pronouncement that this is what we're gonna do. We'll see see what we see. And to be honest it's not always within the purview the the capacity of the the groundkeeper to be able to provide the wicket that's asked for um and the other thing i'd say in relation to what you said was that it's not necessarily true to say that england wickets have always had this tinge of green and it's always been that way any more than it's true to say that for instance the wacker was always fast and bouncy there've been really dull test matches there on roads and in england certainly the the test matches that become more dramatic are often on uh, green seamers uh, but the truth is i i i'm an old man i remember the 60s and england had some very very Dull wickets uh, back then, and there wasn't a lot of green seam available, and long drawn-out draws that are incredibly dull.
1: Edgbaston in um, the eighties,
2: as pancakes oh, when
1: Dennis Amos was like yeah. scoring, you know, hundred every game he played in. I, I, it, it's, I, I take it a little bit with a pinch of salt because you also have to remember that key to winning a Test match, and indeed to England's approach, is aggressive field placing, bowl. Not to worry about conceding runs by and large, but to to take wickets and to win a test match, you've got to take twenty wickets. So, um, it, it, I think I think what I, I, I'd more and interpret that as something for bat and ball, but but that encourages shot making. Mm, mm, you know. mm. otherwise, you know, five draws. It, 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 what what Brenda McCullum and Ben Stokes have nailed their colours to the mast for. Is to make test cricket sexy, exciting, watchable, <laughs> clickable, you know, YouTubeable, whatever it is. They want to make it fantastic to watch. That's their vision, and and you you have to have something for both bat and ball for it 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 to be that. So I, I'm not expecting if... feather beds. Um,
2: yeah, no,
1: I, I don't no. think.
2: Well, the other thing I'd say is that he's asked for shorter boundaries at 59 metres or whatever Mm. the the minimum is. Um, I mean, two things about that. Firstly, I think that could actually uh, favour Australia more than England because England had no problem clearing the boundaries uh, last summer uh, and shorter boundaries will just bring them in reach of more of the Australians, I suspect.
1: Yeah, you could Um, shoot yourself in the foot from an English perspective in that one
2: but Tell the other you thing is i'd be really disappointed if that's the case because i like a ground where you can run three. you know one of the things about the 20 over world cup in australia last year was the fact that at grounds like the mcg and uh, the perth stadium there were big boundaries and it changes the nature of t20 in what i think is a really good way you probably don't get as many sixes but you get more uh, strategy in terms of field placements you get more capacity for people to run three, I think it adds a dimension rather than take it away simply because uh, people can't hit quite as many sixes.
1: I'll tell you what I, I know, would love to be, well it's alright, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall if a conversation was ever had between McCullum and Stokes and Jimmy and Stuart Broad well Stuart and Jimmy I know this is likely to be your last Ashes series because you know, one of you over 40 one of you's nearly <laughs> there um, so what we're going to do is have flat back, some friendly tracks and uh, shorter boundaries. How do you feel about that? You know, I
2: mean, <laughs> so so
1: some, somehow I'm not entirely sure that, you know, I think there's some kidology going on uh, as there ever is going back to our conversation. It's not trash talk as such, but there's definitely a little bit of kidology involved in some of yeah. this chat. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because Tony, the point you make is worth noting. Uh, about backfiring because it is worth noting that Australian batters are in form. Like their top 6 averages 46 in the WTC, the second edition. Comfortably 2 runs ahead of Pakistan. And uh, people like Manas Labuschan, Steve Smith, Travis Head all sit among the top 7 having aggregated 1000 plus runs at 50 plus average. And in case of Head also striking at 80 runs per 100 balls. So, uh, this could be a case of as you rightly mentioned, shooting themselves in the foot by preparing featherbed surfaces if they are actually rolled out.
1: Well, which of course was yeah. originally done to to get out of doing something. I don't think England are trying to get out of playing in the Ashes, but but yeah, it's come to mean something slightly different, hasn't it? Doing one thing that should be in your favour and ends up not being. Um, I I think they will be competitive surfaces. I think they will offer something for bat and ball. Um, I don't. I hope they don't shorten the boundaries. I don't, you know, the variety between pitches at Trent Bridge, there's only so much you could shorten them anyway. Certainly on one side, you know. So, so, so I, 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 no, I hope they don't artificially engineer things um, too obviously. There needs to be an even contest between bat and ball. And I, 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 I think there will be. I'd be slightly worried about the, robustness of England's attack more so than Australia. Yeah. I mean, that said, they've lost Hazelwood. Bolander, it's going to be interesting to see how how he goes. Whether Nessa does get a run, I think he will at some point because he's done so well in, in, in county cricket. I mean, there's selection conundrums are plenty on both sides, regardless of what the tracks are.
2: They're not going to be playing at Trent Bridge,
0: actually, so they don't have to worry oh, well, about
1: Well, that's that. probably why.
2: Which is... <laughs>
0: And before we uh, dive into the selection conundrums, I would just like to add to Messi's point about it is not always easy to change the conditions of the pitch overnight, even though it is coming from the top down. So, for example, Lucknow, if you remember in the recently concluded IPL, had wickets uh, where only 120-130 run games were conducted. And BCCI made their efforts, they pulled out all stops to change the conditions of the surface and create a high-scoring venue, but in the end, it all came down to a bust because the average run scores were around 130, 140 marks. So that's absolutely on spot that it's not possible to change the conditions overnight, even if you are passing the message from the top down and wanting that transformation overnight.
2: That's exactly true. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I would... It was, uh, a, I would it was a dreadful pitch, back like, nah, It really was. They they should have been made to play all their games away. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, yeah. I think you'd have to be playing test matches at Taunton if you wanted um, those. Guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, the pitch ball, the ball ragging square. But I don't <laughs> think that's in anyone's anyone's interest in England.
2: And probably why we don't
1: produce quite the same quality of spinners as other other countries
2: in some cases. Well, it's it's an interesting question because I actually regard Australia's batters' weakness, biggest weakness, as being against good spin, uh, which will. Be really interesting this week at the Oval. With uh, I don't know if both Ashwin and Jadeja will play, but uh, uh, I think Australians struggle particularly early on against good spin. Um, and there may be a sigh of relief that Jack Leach isn't playing, but they're probably not going to be facing a lot of turn uh, on any of those wickets in the t- in the Ashes.
1: Yeah, I, I I you know I agree. I, I don't know if Aryan, you want to come on talk about that, but the Leech Conundrum has opened up a number of in a way, he was nailed on because he's England's leading wicket taker, I think, isn't he? Something like fifty eight wickets in the in the in the baseball era. He's he's been terrific. He's been consistent. Um, and he does give you the chance to tie down an end without by and large giving too much too much away. And that's exactly what he was doing against Ireland as well as taking a couple of wickets. Okay, okay I you know, I appreciate Ireland's certain limitations due to the lack of opportunity to to, to be genuinely test match ready. Um but it, it means that if you've you, you know, you've taken out it's like you you had your plans in place, you've got plenty of things from an England perspective you're already worried about. You know, you've lost Archer, you 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 have lost Ollie Stone, you've you you had doubts about um uh, Robinson <laughs> until sort of fairly recently. Um, the one thing you were kind of counting on inked in would be Jack Leach. And then all of a sudden you've lost Jack Leach, but it's interestingly, he's bowled more overs by far than anyone else in the, in the, yeah. um, in the, baz, let's call it the Bazball era since last year uh, against New Zealand. Um, and therefore perhaps it's not necessarily... You just don't expect spinners to get stress fractures. But he's certainly no. been the most used England bowler and quite, you know, silent hero, really. Everyone notices what the spe- the seamers do. The reality is he's been an unspectacular but highly effective, consistent factor in, in the way England have played. Um, I think psychologically, in some ways, it's it's a bit of a blow for them. Uh, and how they replace him, well, you know, I don't think they'll go to Parkinson. So, sorry to say to for our friend Gary Naylor, but I don't think they'll go to Parkinson. Um, I think they're more they've put the call out to Moen, who basically said oh, i'm done I'm done with Test cricket, hasn't played any red Bull cricket forever. <laughs> And suddenly you want him to come in and, and hold an end and do the leech roll, they'd have to rethink the way they actually deployed the spinner. Okay, he might add something to your your batting, but even his recent Red Bull form when he last played was was, was shall we say, pointing down rather than up to when to to, to when he was at his finest. Um it, that just feels a bit of a panic measure to me. Um I think their heart would be, well, let's give Rayan Ahmed go and maybe if we had Ahmed and Jax we can mix and match those two I think that would be potentially quite exciting, both offer you a lot as well in the in the batting department from a, from an attacking perspective um, but a young man like Ray and Ahmed he's not going to tie down and end the way a Jack Leach would so um, again if if you go back to, if England were genuinely going to play on flat batsman friendly tracks and you don't even have a, a a leech to tie an end down. <laughs> it's another reason why you'd go. Well, hang on. That's 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 you've shot yourself in both foot feet <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my gut feel is I don't think Moen will come back. But by the time you issue this, they will have made an announcement, and I might be wrong. I think they're more likely to go for the more all-rounded option of Jacks and. Uh, or Ryan Armid. Ahmed. Um, and a lot of this, the mystery factor that no one is fully sure about, is does Ben Stokes play as an additional seamer or is he just batting only? Everyone who watched him against Ireland at Lords, every time he went to field, you thought, oh Lord, he's gone down. Oh, look at that, he's stretched hyperextending. extending his tendonitis in his knee and you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was a heart and mouth moment every time he went near the ball in the field. You know, mm. first captain, I think, to win a test match ever without actually batting bowling or keeping in the, in the entire test match. Mm-hmm. So um he's clearly looking after himself. Your selection of a sp- spinner and who and how might genuinely come down to honesty, which I'm sure there is within the England camp, we're just not seeing it from the outside as to what are the chances that Ben Stokes will actually be fit to bowl and how much. If the answer is sporadically and just occasionally as a partnership breaker, then they're going to have to think very hard about that spin option, I reckon.
2: It brings to the fore what I think is a really interesting factor that is uh, uh, against ireland and i you know with greatest respect to ireland it wasn't the toughest opposition but basically england were playing 10 men and a captain um i don't think they can afford to do that against australia uh and even if stokes bats uh well let me put it this way no other player would be passed fit to play if the cri- uh, on the criterion Stokes sets for himself that he said, if I can walk, I will be playing. That's not good enough. It's just uh, a double standard. And I would have thought that the um, the reality is that if for example, you do have a match that goes for five days, or several matches that go for five days, your bowlers are going to need to spread the load around. And particularly without Jack Leach, who, as you say, bowl more overs than anybody else. Even if you have someone like Rian Ahmed or, or Will Jacks, it's unlikely that they'll bowl to the same extent that Leach did. Um, so if you're depriving yourself of an extra bowler, uh, and I know Stokes has said that he will bowl, but at what cost? You know, is he actually going to damage himself further by bowling when he's actually not fit to do it? So he has to have a cortisone injection to bowl every time. Um, my, my judgment is that they sh- unless he's fit, they should actually leave him as non-playing captain on the edge of the field and put another seamer in there or another all-rounder at least who can, can bowl some pace. Because Ooh. otherwise, I think they're making it really hard for themselves,
1: spoken like a true Australian
0: <laughs> <laughs> now that's a I, don't point.
1: Think, I can't see a scenario they'll leave him out unless he's literally he's he's bed bound. I can't see it happening.
0: well,
2: I'm willing to predict that he will not play all five tests in the series.
1: that might be true, and Ollie Pope, I think is designated as as um, yeah vice captain which would be wow that would be really interesting that would be a really right. interesting situation i, I because saw, at this um, moment his
0: his presence and the philosophy that he brings to the ground is equivalent to the all-round skills that he has right
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, much as Bear is iconic sort of sort of in the you know the the the, the, the style talismanic i suppose then and, and so of course is ben stokes You know, no one will forget Headingley in 2019 and that sort of one man effort (laughs) that's, you know, equivalent to Botham in 81, I think. Probably even better, it depends, you know, on your generation, I guess. But for a modern generation of cricket followers, Stokes, arms aloft, Headingley, just exploding with joy and relief as, as he somehow hauled England over the line in that test match. Is such a, 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 a um you know something that will live forever. It, it, it's to me that's up there with you know the, the 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 Shane Warne ball of the century, the Botham ashes. That 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 as what Test cricket can be when it's fiercely competitive and at its ultimate best. And Ben Stokes is there. So you I, apart from Messi, I don't think you'll find a single Australian who would go. I think you know. We'd rather Ben Stokes was in the team, not out of it. I think they'd all, they'd all be happiest if if Ben Stokes wasn't in an England team and never do what you what is going to please your opponents. So I don't see it happening, except just purely on fitness.
0: Yeah, and uh, Messi's point about alleviating the burden across the bowlers just made me hark back to the onset of the Border Trophy, where there was this conversation going between the Australian frontline spinners that who can partner and share the burden with Nathan Lyon. Because at that moment, Todd uh, Murphy and Matthew Kuhnman weren't really in the scheme of things. So uh, the spin bowling attack hadn't been rubber-stamped as of now. And uh, the Australian media was sort of hyping up Marnus Labushchan's spin. And then he made a frank admission that he was not quite in the same league as a Matthew Kuhnman or a Todd Murphy. So similarly asking 10 15 overs of joe root actually dilutes the potency of the english attack right
2: yes yeah
1: yeah i i i i I agree and no part-time spinner i know joe root occasionally says you know i'm an all-rounder not a part-time spinner but i don't genuinely think he believes it i think it's just slightly in 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 it's never going to be i think as good as a specialist of course they'll have amazing spells i mean joe root can always point to what was it five for seven might have been be a yeah, five, I afraid, can't I mean, which yeah. way but you know that was on a you know a, a sort of a, a, a snake's raging turner nest yeah. of, of a <laughs> viper's nest of, of, of turning the ball turning um I mean, he'll definitely get some overs and he definitely offers you something and he can now he's got a leg break he's added to his off breaks and um you know, he likes and to come to around the the wicket, really. that he has that yeah he's the got the bouncer down. yeah 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 so <laughs> so he is he, a useful additional asset particularly when the mantra is bold to take wickets not to not 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 to not to save runs um but you don't want to be relying on him that's still my point
2: of view <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah I, i'd
2: f- agree entirely
0: yeah and the selection predicaments i think uh, manifest themselves most starkly at the top of the order for both the teams Because speaking of Zach Crawley and David Warner. So uh, as far as Zach Crawley is concerned, before the Ireland test, uh, obviously it's not an opposition exactly bristling with quality. And that's why probably he's able to get runs. But his overall test average was 27 from 33 games uh, with three hundreds, And since the half century and 100 in the Rawalpindi test against Pakistan, he failed to pass 15 eight innings. And then after notching a ton in the West Indies in March 2022, he actually went 16 innings without a 50. So, that is not in keeping with the standards that are expected out of an international cricketer nowadays. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, McCallum and Rob Crowley actually uh, echoed their sentiments that we are not expecting consistency from Crowley, which actually made Nasero Hussain scratch his head that what are you exactly talking about? So, uh, I would just like to know from... You guys being avid followers of English cricket, that what is the exact mindset behind the handling of Crawley, and is the optimism actually misplaced in just backing him to the hilt?
1: Well, Here you go. Here you go. Pass, possibly yes. When he does come off, um, he puts runs. He now let's take Ireland again with the classic, no disrespect to Ireland, but remember, you know, but the proviso. Um, <clears throat> he and Duckett together rattled that scoring rate along to put England into an incredibly strong position so what England crave and look to do is get the runs on the board quickly strike rates for England in the let's call it the baseball era have been like double ever anything under Joe Root they want to attack from the off with the bat they want to give their bowlers the maximum time to bowl the opposition out. Crawley, when he does come off, is well equipped to do that. As as is is Ben is a, as is Ben Duckett. It's why a Sibley or a Burns ultimately we <laughs> went by the wayside. Although I think one could argue technical issues with both. Um, I think possibly they've been in in a, in previous eras. Hundred percent, you know. Brawley would not be still there. Um, I just feel they they believe if he comes good once every three or four, that still helps them to achieve that that objective. Um, and they, so they 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 want to stick with him. I reckon people will divide themselves into two camps: died in the wall traditionalists, where I'm looking at one now <laughs> from where I'm sitting, <laughs> um, and those who 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 you know slightly more adventurous I think McCullum and with him Ben Stokes will take the more left field options on occasions if it's all about attacking you know what can we do to be more attacking what can we do to put sides more under pressure and I think they see Crawley although flawed as able to help them do that and go back to looking at the records with him playing even if his own contributions have been
2: patchy yeah, I I think there's a, a couple of things with Crawley. From Stokes and McCallum's point of view, when they first set on this path, one of the things they sought to develop amongst the England players, and have done very successful successfully, is removing fear from their agenda, so that if they didn't score runs, it wasn't going to mean that all of a sudden they were no longer likely to be picked, that they had some sort of future with the team, even if they got out for a low score, but they were trying to follow the agenda. And I think that's worked really well for them over the last year. But um, I saw McCullum being interviewed in the lunch break on the first day of the island test by uh, that short hair bloke from sky his name i can't remember uh but ian ward <laughs> yes it may well have been ian ward uh and it was <laughs> my sense is that a lot of the the cricket press are very deferent. english cricket press are very deferential to both McCullum and stokes because of the success they've had uh, and as a result tend not to push too hard on, on things that may be really tricky uh, and McCallum's answer in relation to uh, Crawley was that he has huge potential. He plays some beautiful shots, which he certainly does, and that uh, he can come good. Basically, uh, the question is how long do you wait for that to happen? Because you know, even in the 56 he made uh, at Lords, 19 of those 19 were French cuts between the wicketkeeper and the leg slip. You know, he was very lucky to get to 56, Uh, but he played a couple of exquisite drives as well. But consistency in an opener is really important, even an attacking opener. And, you know, we'll come to Warner in a second, but Warner's um, history has been one of being an attacking opener who has a good defense when he chooses to use it uh, and has therefore got through those times and then gone on to accelerate rather than thinking you have to hit every ball for four. Now, I'd say over the last year, that's gone out of his head a bit, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens at the oval, because I think that will set the stage for whether or not he plays in the Ashes. But uh, with Crawley, I don't sense that discipline that's required of an opener. No matter how attacking the team mantra may be, there are things you need to do as an opener. And one of them is to get the shine off the ball and and weather the early stages. And I mean, England's had a massive problem with that over the last four or five years without any doubt at all. So that Root has almost ended up as an opener a lot of the time when he was betting at three. But um I just I just don't think you can keep saying Crawley can stay there and we won't give anybody else a go because we think he's got potential. Um, Yeah. Warner. Well, I don't know, but. um... (laughs) Warner's a fascinating one
1: to me. I'll tell you why, because he, he, you know, he's kind of put pressure on himself. He basically has said, I want to go, I want to retire. I want to retire under my own terms uh and I want to do it at the at the SCG. Um no. I think again, in much the same way as any Australian does would, would, would be happier if Stokes wasn't in the England team. I think most English fans will be happy if Warner's in the Australian team. <laughs> if only if only for the fact that everybody wants to see the next round of Stuart Broad versus <laughs> versus, versus David Warner. You know, yeah. Broad's been, he'll be coming around the wicket to a left, to the left hander. Um, at Lords, which I think is the second test, you'll have the, the, uh, the slope working either for or, or against you with that, that scenario. Um, everybody wants to see it. It's, it's still the, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the alley and foreman of, of cricket yep. in their, you know, both in their latter years is two old stages slugging it out who've got previous history. <laughs> everybody, everybody wants to know how that's going to go. Um, however, if you get some early failures, I say first two tests, I don't think Australia will, will be patient into the third test as far as David Warner's concerned. And he won't get before his the, wish.
2: Yeah, before the IPL, I thought uh, Warner should be out of test cricket altogether. Ironically... The way he played in the IPL, he scored a lot of runs in the IPL, but he didn't do them at T20 speeds, although the last couple of games he played, he he, he quickened up. But what he did was graft it. And as an opener, if you're not in touch, grafting is a really fucking strong attribute. Excuse my French. Um, <laughs> but it's, I think it's really good that there is the WTC championship for him to play in because he can show whether he's managed to accept the discipline that comes with that position now and not get out flashing in the second over to something outside the off stump that should have been left well alone. Um, so you know, you can't deny that he's got a fantastic history, but he's got a dreadful history in England. Um, so yeah, should he I be go, there? I, don't
1: know. I, I think yes, for the first two, let's see what happens bit Crawley-like.
0: He's 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 the Australian Crawley
2: conundrum.
0: uh, Strongly concur with Messi's view that eliminating fear has been the underpinning behind the basketball philosophy. Because uh, if you guys know about Paddy Upton, the mental health conditioning coach who won India the 2011 World Cup, he has always maintained that uh, fear of failure and performance pressure are the two single biggest hindrances to elite performance in cricket.
1: Well yes I, and you know I, 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 psychology in sport as the extra two percent you have to have the technical ability you have to have the determination you have to have the physical fitness you have to have all of those other things but uh, psychology in sport is always a fascinating um, aspect of being able the belief uh, that you can do it is 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 huge and Australia have always you know both sides have we'll use that. And the ashes is because it's such a, such a under the microscope event or series of events, depending on how you want it is, is, is it always brings that to the fore. You know, I go back to yeah. Steve War and mental disintegration, you know, <laughs> you know, his, his whole approach over England was, you know, at the end of the day, they're soft. I remember I can't, Messi, who's got a longer memory than me. Um, uh, who was it, it said the England side who famously, somebody said they can't bat, they can't bowl, they can't field. And when they went to tour Australia and actually won, didn't they? <laughs>
2: well, no, actually, that was Shane Warne. Well, he he, he denied it, but it was about a, a player, Colin Muller, who was picked to play for Australia, who frankly wasn't great. Um, oh, right. And it was picked up by the Stump Microphone. And the claim was that it was said by one of the cameramen, but it was clearly Shane Warne that said it about one of his colleagues. Can't, oh, can't hold, right. can't, can't throw well, and also
1: I mean she mentioned Which is Shane the name Warren.
2: of the podcast that uh, Dan Liebke and, and yeah. uh, Kat
1: cricket Cat has. Absolutely. Well you mentioned Shane Warren. I think this is the first Ashes since he sadly left us. You know, which which adds a certain you know poignancy mm. to it. you won't find an English fan who doesn't love Shane Warren. But you know, going back to that <laughs> that psychology point of view. You know, before every Ashes he played in, he'd been working on a new mystery delivery. You know, there's only so many. There's one that goes this way. There's one that goes that way. And there's one yeah. that goes straight. You know? There's only so many ways, how many mysteries you can yeah, come up with. But the psychology yeah. of believing there might be this new ball. And Stuart Broad has is, yeah. is, is, is taken up that mantle <laughs> as well to a certain extent, you know.
2: Well, I said about talking about of taking the piss. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: it, but but to me, that's all. That that's the fun side. That's 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 the the, yeah. the, the joy of. It's it's okay. it's better than trash talk because it's it's got yeah. witticism. It's funny, yeah. but also ratchets up that 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 the the the, 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 the tension and the an, and anticipation for for, for sure. <laughs> um, and and warn you know, waiting for the war. <laughs> For shame, warns you know, what's what's the new ball he's gonna decimate England with this time? It's all that's all rooted in yeah. psychology, yeah. So accurate, never, uh, never underestimate uh,
0: it, yeah. The <laughs> psychological battles and the amount of impact an Ashes series has on people's mental health has been immense. Because mm. if you consider reading the biographies of Marcus Trescothic or Jonathan Trott, how they were tormented by the latter was tormented by Mitchell Johnson in the Ashes series yeah. and what effect I was had. just
2: thinking of that yeah, yeah. that was extraordinary wasn't yeah. it yeah. I just
0: left him in tatters so
1: it yeah. did a Stephen Finn unselectable and the horrible tour he had it it does it puts you right in it exposes you it puts you right in the spot, spotlight go back to you know the folks or the, the folks conversation we had a little bit a, a little while ago it is a tough tough sport it's brilliant magnificent gripping entertainment, um, has its rewards, but you're right under the spotlight for an intensive period of time. It it, it stretches every mental and physical aspect of you. That's why it's called Test Cricket. It's why it's not a T20 thrash. It's why it's not a one-day international. It's Test Cricket because it is the ultimate test of all aspects of your ability in playing the game. So, and I can uh, now get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some really profound observations in this episode. And I'm thrilled to have both of you in this Ashes preview. Thank you so much for coming, guys.
1: Well, we were delighted. Thank you so much. It's been a Thank, a thank you
2: very much. It's been great fun.